Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I am here to talk about patterns. And the last reflection that I did, play, pursuit, and passion. I wanted to throw the P word pattern in there just because I was dealing with some P's. But it was going to take me into its, uh, uh, its own unique reflection, so I parked it. And I'm here to talk about it, and it's actually something that um, has been on my mind for a while, and um, I think within the last week I decided to come and talk to you guys about it. Not because I have something really clear to say, but I'm ready to start processing it so that later I can become clear. And sometimes I use this project to figure some things out. Who would have imagined that a podcast where I reflect would be a place that I can also figure some things out. Hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> so anyway, I'm here to talk about patterns and um, and um, and um, and it's, I'm going to tell you now it's going to link up to passive aggress passive aggressiveness. So I could say I'm here to talk about passive aggressive behavior, but I really want to. I think I want to focus on at least start off focusing on idea of patterns okay all right you guys i got two more uh, one more episode after after this um i gotta find some time to do it today before six o'clock it is a thursday and i'm right now recording at almost well uh, almost a quarter to one o'clock my time so one more episode and then i will hit my mark and i will then go silent for the month of july all right so been doing a lot of reflections over the past week or two so i'm pretty sure you're not caught up hopefully you'll use september excuse me why do i keep saying september hopefully you will use july to get caught up okay i think some of the reflections even though i've been kicking them out i think some of them are pretty decent so if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. Um, well, let me say it differently. The Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. Uh, politically, I connect with tenets of critical race feminism, which basically says I have an intellectual sensitivity to social to power as it shows up in the social world around race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. This project is unedited and is unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me, feel free to visit my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. One other housekeeping note I need to tell you guys before I get started is that I'm sitting in my car. And you'll know why in a minute. It's because it relates to this topic. And I I want to have more privacy, although uh, I would not be surprised if sitting in my car doesn't give me privacy. But at least I want to attempt to put some some more barriers between what I'm about to say. And um, who I'm about to talk about. Okay? All right. So I want to first just talk to you about some um, patterns that I have recognized in um, over the past 
few months, and I'm pausing because I'm wondering if a case could be made for the past year. And these these patterns I'm about to tell you, it gets complicated because I'm an NI dom. So a part of me is curious about um, do these patterns happen? Um, like uh, let me, I guess the question is there there is clearly a pattern. The question is. What's the significance of the pattern? What's the story that goes to the pattern? And I think that's the question. So what I want to do is toss out a few theories as to the patterns um, before I land on one. And I may never, I may never pick a theory, but I want to toss out a few possibilities. Um, and then I have an article that I want to share. So before I do all of that, let me just list some of the patterns. And some of these patterns have um, have been identified in actually in the last week, and there's some that have been identified over the past um, few months, and then some of them have been um, existing for a year. So there are a number of patterns. All right, I'm not going to put them in any kind of order, um, at least not initially. <sighs> When I first moved to the house that I'm living in now, I live in a duplex. And there's a, a, a husband and wife, older couple that live above me. And um, for the most part, they seem like normal people. And um, they have been friendly to me. And one of the things I've been really curious about, especially after the job situation that I had, is when people present as friendly it doesn't really mean that they're friendly. I'm learning that. And it's not about anything, have, nothing that's relating to this husband and wife situation. This is coming from uh, work where I'm learning about friendliness that's mass. And actually, in the article that I have, it talks about that. Ironically, I didn't even make the connection until just now. That all friendly behavior is not about friendliness, so I'm not saying that this couple is not friendly. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just going to throw it out there that they, that they are friendly. That's that's all I'm going to say. And that I'm also becoming aware that all friendliness is not fr about real friendly behavior. All friendly behavior is not really about friendliness. There it is. So um, they've been friendly. And they've had friendly behaviors. And... Um, for the most part, that's that. One of the things that um, I'm holding on, I would say within the first two weeks of me being here, um, actually the first week, if not the first few days, they mistake, they mistook me, mistaken me. They mistook me, mistook, mistook me, mistaken me. Anyway, they thought I was the cleaning person. <laughs> so it doesn't, you know. It doesn't matter if they're white. They are a white couple. I mean, I'm telling you I'm black, so def why why should it be a problem that I'm telling you that they're white? So it's a white, older couple. And they thought I was a cleaning person the first couple of days. Um, and then they had to go through this big song and dance as to why they thought I was a cleaning person, which in all honesty, it didn't make any sense to me that um, that they would assume that I was a cleaning person. But, okay, like I didn't really trip about it because it, I gave myself a month to move in. I would say by the um, 
by the second week I was sleeping in the house, even though I wasn't fully moved in. And so maybe, maybe that, but just even being in the house at night. Anyway, um, so that's what they said. Um, they also told me the first few days about um, the problems that they had with the neighbor who lived in the unit before me um, about um, wanting to lock doors and they didn't want the doors locked. And and I, that was a big deal because I was like, well, I want I want the doors locked. And I'm a little mad at myself because I was like, well, as a single woman, I want the doors locked. And I really shouldn't have said that because it's, I shouldn't have had to explain why I want the, the, the outer doors locked. The, you know what I mean? Um, but that these are like little things. Now, these aren't patterns, but these are they're significant for m- my own processing. They also, in the first few days, um, told, well, maybe in the first week, I found out that they had conflict with the lady in the back. So there's a... There's like a cottage in the back, and so we, it's like a three-unit uh, property, and um, and so they went through um, a lot of effort to um, malign her character, you know, to present it a certain way. Now, I will be honest, there were some things that I experienced from that backdoor neighbor that, like, I like there was gunfire in the back. There was at one point she talked about people hiding in trees um and I'm like I had just moved from crazy and I just was so sensitive to that that at that point within the first week I was like we don't know what we're dealing with Uh, you know I really don't know and at the end of the day I don't really care Um, I really even shouldn't say crazy so I apologize for that I need to check myself on that but at the end of the day I was like I don't really care. You stay in your world. I stay in my world. We're fine. But I think because I also struggle with wanting to do, you know, blending, like wanting to do like other sensors, like having neighbors that I'm cool with. When the, the, the older couple upstairs, when the guy said, hey, can we get together and do um, have a cookout and kind of get to know each other? I was like, sure, that's fine. I don't see a problem with that. And that was a fiasco. And I talked about that. Go check out the episode called The Alpha. I think it was called The Alpha. And then I don't think I called it The Alpha Male. I think I called it The Alpha. But it could have been called The Alpha Male. But look up the word Alpha. And I talk about how this event turned. It was, it was, it was bizarre. And then the things that I had to do to bring to kind of bring us back in harmony. One of the things, I mean, it was pretty significant that in this, in this, um, in this meet and greet cookout that we did, there was a lot of, be he did a lot of belittling, um, a lot of sarcasm. And so not, a, not overt belittling, but subtle belittling and a lot of sarcasm, a lot of put downs, a lot of bossiness, and on the surface, somebody might go, is that a big deal? Is that you being sensitive, right? And then I, and if you listen to that episode, there was a part of me that wondered, well, you know, I'm a feminist, so maybe, you know, here's this, you know, white man giving me orders. Maybe I am. Maybe it is possible that I'm a little sensitive to that. Um, and so the, the straw 
that broke the camel's back, if I'm saying that expression right, is when he went in my house uninvited to go get something that he tried to boss me into doing. So he tried to boss me into going to get plates. In my mind, I said, you go get them. At this point, I'm not going to continue to serve him. I said, you go get them, thinking that he would interpret that as you go in your house and get your own plates. But he said he interpreted that as to go into my house and get the plates, which is really bizarre because we live in the same house. We, You know, our doors are side by side. Why he thought it was better to go in my house and get the plates, um, it was just bizarre. And me being who I am, you know, I didn't passively address that. I directly addressed it. And so you have to go back and listen to that episode. So this was like, let's just say within the first month, I'm like, oh, shit, you know, now I got conflict. I, like I said, I had conflict with the previous uh, neighbor who was also a white man, except this guy was younger. So I was really hoping that this guy being older, you know, being married, you know, just being more settled. And that's what I needed. And so, um, um, so make a long story short, we did okay after that. I mean, it was a little awkwardness, you know, maybe a week afterwards, but we kind of, we kind of moved on. And so, um, that was that. I don't know if I said, let me repeat something if I didn't say it. One of the things that the wife told me earlier, cause I was like, Oh, I can hear, I can hear you guys. I said, I hear you when you walk. I hear you when you cough. You know, I hear you when you talk. Most of the times I can't really make out what they say, but I'm, I'm not trying to. I would imagine if I tried to make out what they would say, I could. They're saying I could. But I hear them walking, sneezing. I even hear them snoring. So I was like, oh, this house isn't insulated. I mean, it's not insulated. You hear everything. And her comment was, oh, we don't hear anything. We don't hear anything. That was bizarre to me because it's like, so then I started being common, curious about the how the sound travel, the sound travel up. You know, is it possible that I'm hearing things and they don't? And there are a couple of other theories. Like I don't have a lot of my house isn't like um, fully decorated. It'll never be. I'm accepting that just because it's not. I'm a minim, I'm a minimalist, and I don't really go check out the previous episode. I'm not going to put my energy into that. Like I'm putting my energy into writing and reading and podcasting <laughs> and um, innovating and entrepreneuring. I'm not going to put my energy in a house. I'm just not. Now, if I stay in a house for five years, little, I have a reserve of energy. And over the years, over the years, it'll get some of the reserve and the house will look fine. Just like we're, we're starting year two, the house is, I'm maturing in the house. But I'm not getting ready to like go all out. So anyway, that could be a reason that there's no, um, that they don't hear a lot of sound because they have something to buffer the sound in their house. And that is very possible. But I hear everything uh, that they do. And, but I said from the beginning, like when, when my family found out, you know, when they came over and they could hear them walking and stuff, they were like, doesn't that bother you? I was like, actually, no, it doesn't because they're not doing that. It's not retaliatory. They're not retaliate. Those sounds are not about retaliation. Those sounds are just them just going about their business, you know. So that that was in July. Most of that was in July, and you know by September, I I mean we were fine and we didn't have any problems. Um, she did make a comment because I'm off in the summer. She made an assumption that I didn't work, 
And I was like, no, I do work. I just don't work in the summer. She, they talk a couple of times about my, me not working. And the guy I, that struck me because the guy from my previous neighbor, he made that assumption that I didn't work. And that I just have never encountered anybody to assume that I didn't work. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just an interesting, you know, occurrence. I won't call that an, a, a pattern, but it was an, it was an interesting occurrence. Um, so that was fine. And then this is when it started getting, um, a little iffy for me. Let's just say there's a front porch light that they keep on. So they have a, they can control the light up on their upper unit outside on that porch. And then they can control the light on the lower porch, which is a little frustrating because they don't sit out there. I sit out on the front porch, but I figured, you know, for people who, oh, and they also talked about one, when that day that we had that disagreement about them coming to my house, um, after we come every, after I, we did the work to kind of calibrate and come back um, uh, come back into harmony you know the wife was like nope both the wife and the husband talked about how many how many guns they had they had a lot of guns in the house and somebody just recently told me that you're not and when you're renting you're not supposed to have those guns in the house I don't know anything about that and for the most part I really don't care you know what I mean like I lived in a county where um, you have you having a gun was a requirement so I'm not weirded out by it um firearms I'm not I don't know why you have to have so many and I definitely don't know why you have to tell me about that on a number of occasions that you've told me several times so that could be the culture right um you know I sing a country song about a gun so I was gonna I'm trying to think is that in, baked into the the music I don't know culturally speaking so anyway, so for people who have a lot of guns and want to keep, there's like this, inc- this inconsistency about we're going to keep, the, we're going to not lock the doors, we're going to have guns, and we want to have all the lights on. So that that is a that is a pattern now for me. Like that, inc- well, maybe just maybe that's an occurrence. That inconsistency, like what are we talking about? Are we talking about safety? Are those guns about safety? And if those guns are about safety. Well, locking doors, like, then having the lights on would make sense. Having the doors unlocked does not make sense. All right, that's fine. So these are all, like, little things that I did notice, but I was assuming that I noticed it because I'm sharing space with someone. I recently just left a a, a housing situation that was pretty intense. You know, um, the guy... You have to go back to that other episode, but the, my previous neighbor, you know, he would literally stomp through the house, um, bang on the piano um, when I would get home from work. Um, he started slashing my tires. I had about six flat tires um, within like a five month um, window, banging and kicking on my door, screaming into the up my house cursing me out and I have all of that recorded just in case it's about me um being delusional like so I have all that recorded and all that so you can imagine like I'm like I'm not whatever whatever I don't and and then and I'm going to talk about like what sets off a person to do that like 
you know, if I'm going to take ownership of my behavior, my, what could I be doing to instigate that level of aggression, right? So that wasn't my previous tenant that was not passive aggression. I mean, the slashing of the tires, it was kind of a form of passive aggression because there was a, a, an act of innocence. Um, and I think I want to say this too because I think that experience definitely lingers in my head and but I also work really hard to not jump the gun but the guy my previous tenant was a insert I'm going to use a a term some people might call him an insurrectionist but but he was somebody that was at the Capitol on January 6th of last year and I suspected it once when he was gone like but they were, I was in some communities and they were like, pay attention to the teachers who are out called in sick during this time. And I was like, oh, my neighbor's been gone. I wonder, was he there? And then, unfortunately, and it's weird, when he came home, he told me directly he had gone. Um, And then maybe a few months after that, the FBI came to the door, came to the house twice, came to my door looking for him. And it's some crazy shit, right? Like, And then um, before the FBI came to the house... Um, there were people, um, um, saying, oh, you can, you can get a reward. Well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not following the news like that. And I got my own problems to worry about. And I, I gotta live here. I feel like I sound, I, I gotta live here. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? <laughs> so I'm just like, uh-uh, I, I don't know what's up with this dude. We're just going to keep it clean, you know. And yes, having my tires slashed, yep, that was a lot. But I just, I had a guy on standby. Um, I mean, it was a waste of money and a time. But, you know, this is just part of me not getting to be controlled by this situation. So when I found out my tire was flat, called the guy. Had it, I mean, I had a routine. That's how normalized it had become. So coming here definitely that lingered on my brain and so anything that seemed a little odd I tried to tell myself wait a minute you could still be just dealing with some after effects from this other situation all right so we were we're fine and then in December I go um I don't leave my I don't turn my light on on the front porch so there's no reason why the light bulb should be dead I you know every once in a while I accidentally will flip the switch because I got about four light switches on one that that are mounted together and if I'm trying to turn on one light sometimes I'll accidentally turn on that outside light I'll go oops I turned it back on turn it back off but I don't I don't use it well when I come home from out of town being gone for almost two weeks that light is out so that was weird that was just weird I asked, I inquired, I inquired to the landlord, like, is there, is there a short circuit? I also noticed that in the basement, sometimes there's a hall light in the basement that works and sometimes it doesn't. So I'm like, maybe there's a short, maybe there's a shortage, right? That's possible. When I, when I inquired about the light and I did it publicly, right? Because I didn't want my neighbors to think that I was going behind their back. I did it publicly. It's just really trying to maintain being, you know, just trying to keep things healthy and give people the benefit of the doubt. 
The moment I did that, then that back hall light, there was an, there's another hall light that's by my door that was on. I'm like, well, do I pay for that? And so the, I asked the guy upstairs and he was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Nobody does matter to me. Right. And I, so it does matter to me up until that, from that moment on that back light, me inquiring about that, excuse me, about the, the light whose bill is on that light has been on from December until now. And what strikes me as it's noticeable because they turn it on like about early. It's like they turn it on early five o'clock. So there's no reason to turn that light on. So that to me is noticeable. Well, what's the function of the light being on? It's not because you're going to bed and you want the light on. It's not because the it's dark outside. Having that light on as a pattern, it means something. So the front porch light and the and that the hall light by my door, which I believe I'm paying for. But again, I'm not going to sweat that. I notice it, but I'm not going to sweat it. Like whatever. Um, I did ask them to come out and check how the house was wired. Um, it has been proven that the house isn't wired because we found out that the garage, the, the electricity that operates the garage, the neighbor, the lady in the back is paying for that, yet she doesn't have access to the garage. So I knew I was right in terms of questioning how the the, um, the, the, the electrical wires, I can't think of what it's called right now. Um I can't think of what it's called. Wait a minute. There's something. There's another pattern that happened before December. So when I would um, um, do my recordings, then there would be um, when there, like the house would be quiet, and then when I would do my recordings, like talking in the volume that I'm talking now, they would move. They would move from whatever uh, one end of the house and come into the space where I'm recording above my head. Now that was a consistent pattern. And when I, um, and then after a while I was like, whatever, I'm not saying anything. That's whatever. If that's, if they want to sit and listen to this, they want to listen to me ramble. Fine. You know, um, but what I've noticed in the last week or two is that, um, no, really since no, it's kind of since I've been on vacation, kind of, since I've been on vacation, but something happened right before my school year ended. But since I've been on vacation, whenever I walk, the house will be silent. Whenever I walk, they walk whatever room, I, whatever part of the house I walk to, they walk to that part of the house. And that's what the guy did from last year, right? So one, a positive theory that I can put to that is just, that's nervousness, right? Anxiety. Like sometimes people just get anxious, and they don't mean any harm by that. Um, and so that's, it could be something as simple as that. Um, but right before the um, school year ended, it could have been just that week. Um, they asked me a question. Could they um, rent out my side of the garage for $20 a month? Be- and this is why. Because I hardly, if at all, use it. Now, that is... That's minor, right? It is minor. But how are you knowing that I'm not using a garage, right? Maybe I'm not using it when you use it, right? Because you do leave and go to work. So maybe I'm using it at a different time. I'm not using the garage the way you use it, right? So there was another thing, another comment they made 
about how I don't use one of the doors, the back door. You never use the back door. Right? So it's like un- like they, they seem to notice patterns. They also talked about how I move the garage, like how I sit the garage container out on the front. And it just could be kind of controlling behavior. It doesn't have to mean anything sinister, right? How I sit the garbage can in the back. They've been going through this thing where they're adjusting it. Like they move it. Right? So I, this is how I feel. Like I'm living in a house where I, d- I don't have fucking, excuse me, excuse me, dang it. I don't have control over, like I d- I'm not really alone. Does that make sense? So I've lived with people like in duplexes before, but this feels like, this feels different. This feels different. And so I know that they had conflict with the lady in the back. And one of the conflict was about, she reported them about their dogs, not having their dogs on a leash, not picking up the, um, um, when the dogs, the poop, when the dogs go to the bathroom. Well, they were like, you see us. You know that's not true. Well, first of all, I'm not watching you like that. But I don't have a reason to to be concerned by that. Um, and I don't want to get in it. But one day in December, um, the um, she called the, po- the lady in the back, called the police on them, the, the neighbors upstairs. Because they had their dogs off leash. And we have a policy in our rental agreement that we have to have our dogs on a leash. It's been, she's complained about it before. So it's the dogs were off leash, scared her and her daughter, and she called the police. I, I was like, well, what is the police doing here? So he calls me and asks me, well, I, he did, they invited me over for Christmas, and I was excited. I had a really good time with them. Again, they're friendly, friendly behaviors, right? On the surface, let's just hold that. Friendly behaviors on the surface. You invite me over for things for Christmas. We played some board games. I love board games. Have a few drinks. I love a couple of drinks. And that was fine. Well, when we were there, he made the comment. He talked about this lady calling the police on him as though it was odd. And then he said, did she call the police on you? And I said, well, why would she call the police on me? I don't take my dogs off leash. And I have very little dogs. You do not. But I still do not take my dogs off leash. I would love to. I would love to take them in the backyard and take them off leash, but I don't have, that yard is not completely mine. We're in a shared space. And when you're in a shared space, you have to be civil. You've got to be considerate. And I think that's the piece here that is part of my theorizing about the pattern. When you, there's a pattern of incivility. So it's not just a pattern of a behavior, it's a pattern of inconsiderate behavior, as though you are living alone. You're doing things as though you are living alone. It is important to note, out of all three units, this is, he's the only man, right? So it could go back to that alpha thing, right? And at the end of the day, I really don't care. My father was an alpha male. I'm, I know how to deal with it. It's not, it's not senator and sinister. But there's something that's happening now that feels sinister. Like, no matter what part of the house I walk to, you walk to that part of the house. Now you're doing this thing must have some kind of microphone. So now when they talk, I can hear explicitly what they're saying as though they are sitting in the room with me. Again, I don't really care. I'm, I got my own conversations, you know. So I don't really have an interest to... Like, it's not... 
it's actually not even a big deal. So what happens is I just, I go sit outside when they're doing that. I turn on uh, music, but now they're doing it throughout the entire day. So the behavior is increasing. Like it means something. I don't know what it means. And it's increasing. And then when, and so that's, so I'm pretty sure there are a couple other little patterns that I don't think of that I haven't said it. All of that to me is benign behavior. When I say benign, it could easily be innocent, right? It could be innocent. It could be incidental. It could mean absolutely nothing, right? So I'm going to park that. I'm going to come back to that though. So let me talk about being iconoclastic. And that was a word I learned. I started talking about. I did an episode on that, I think, um, a few months ago. And it's just about being gifted. And I recently read, in a, like in the last few days, again, um, I read about um, INTJs. We have this heightened giftness, giftedness in terms of perceiving and seeing patterns. So when I think about recognizing these patterns, yes, they're benign. They could, these behaviors could be completely benign. But the patterns, are these patterns that would be picked up by other people? Or am I picking up the patterns because I'm an INTJ? Or am I picking up the pattern because they want me to see the pattern? Now, that's where it gets, like I said, sinister. That's where it starts having like a little, it has like a little bit of a terroristic, um, feel to it oh here's another thing one of my flowers because i bought some flowers one of the flowers in my flower bed was damaged was that an incident somebody was like it could have been a squirrel it could have been a bird it could have been right these little things all right so being iconoclastic makes me say what well, beyond those behaviors being benign are these patterns that other people would recognize or am i just recognizing it as an intj and then Am I recognizing it because they want me to recognize the pattern? And if they want me to recognize the pattern, that is more sinister and that has a more terroristic harassment quality to it. Very similar to the guy from um, the previous um, unit, him slashing my tires, him verbally accosting me, like, you know, cursing at me. All of that's being recorded, right? So that is intentional. And so now I'm at the place of questioning that intentionality. I'm almost done with this reflection, believe it or not. I don't know. If, um, and so, you know, in trying to talk about this to people, it's very difficult because, you know, how do you talk about something that first appears to be invisible? And then when you do try to cre- establish when you're talking about it as a pattern, then it's like, well, that's benign. So actually I haven't. Um, so now I've just started recording things just for my own sense of evidence in the future, right? Something happens. If nothing happens, that's great. If it does happen, things are being recorded. They may be recording things on me, and that's fine. I don't so like to think, what do I do? When I'm going somewhere, I usually play my music about 30 minutes, and my music can go up to a level 30. I play my music anywhere about a level 5, and when it's really good, I may move it up to a level 9. I hardly do that because I know I'm living in a space where you can hear everything, even though, even though, um, even though my neighbors say that, that you can't hear, you know, that they can't hear anything. Okay. If you can't hear it, I can. And I still want to be considerate. 
So this morning I started looking up, you know, one of the things um, I've been struck by, um, you guys hear my window going up and down because I'm, it's hot <laughs> in the car. And so one of the things that um, my um, a curiosity over the past few days, I talked about this in the past two episodes, Enneagram um, tri-type 8, 5, and 4 um, has this intense uh, awareness of human intentions, like human behaviors, and I have that. Now, do I have it because I'm a tri-type 854 when I really think I'm an 853? Do I have that because I am well-studied, well-trained, schooled on human development, human behaviors? Do I no- notice those things because I have a deep fascination with the human experience and now I do a lot of studying on my own outside of the ac- my outside of my academic experience I spent a lot of time studying personal de- personal you know personal behavior so here she comes okay I knew that was gonna happen I should have said it I should have predicted it they were gonna come out here and look in this car and they normally go take, uh, so she was trying to see if I was sitting in the car. That's exactly what just happened. But anyway, that's incidental. So, um, <laughs> I don't even know where I was at. So I'm going to go inside because I want to read this article and it is hot. So I'm going to leave out of the, I've kind of told most of that, um, most of that pattern recognizing I, I didn't want to do it while I could be um, uh, while they could hear it so I'm going to go in the house and read this art, parts of this article to you if they hear that that's fine um, and hell they may even have access to this podcast and this is very similar behavior how I felt with the previous tenant except you know that was more overt aggression this is different, though, because it's not overt, except it's starting to feel overt, right? Like I said, in the last couple of weeks, it's starting to feel overt when I told them they couldn't use the garage. Like, oh, that's what I was saying. Like, I was bothered that you're noticing a pattern in how I used the house. But there were several people I told that story to, and they thought it was weird. They thought it was weird that I would, um... Mm-hmm. How are you? How you doing? Good, good, good. They thought it was weird that you would offer $20 a month for the garage. Like, that's an insult. But I wasn't even insulted by the dollar amount. I was more or less, no. And so I was, so, and then the fact they reasoned because I don't need the the garage. Nope. I said, nope, I, I want it. And well, this is something that happened. So I said, nope. I said, I still, I said, I don't use it as much as I, but I need it. And I'm not going to explain anything else about the garage. Um, so maybe two days after that, I'm sitting in my house and I noticed that he parked the car and he blocked the driveway. I don't know if I told you guys this, blocked the driveway. So I'm like, maybe he just parked there because sometimes I run, I'm running, you're moving groceries and you're not paying attention. He's going to come back and move it. No, he didn't come back and move it. By the way, I just put you guys on pause because she walked up to the car and she does this thing like, oh, I didn't see you. Well, I don't know why 
why that matters because it was she, she just made a big production. Um, it was a big performance that she did when she was looking in the car. Oh, I didn't see you. Well, you must have been looking for me. But nonetheless, so I put you guys on hold. You didn't hear that part. So anyway, um, so anyway, um, and I've seen her do this too, where like somebody will come and pick me up and they'll park up the street. She'll walk down. She just left. She told her, you guys. So she just walked past the car. My windows are out, by the way. Walked past the car, went in the house, and then came back out and waved at me. <laughs> okay, friendly, friendly, friendly behavior, right? Hold on, because I'm going to read this article to you guys. Just hold tight. So this is, I'm going back in time. She'll walk up the street and literally lean over and look in the car of the person who's waiting for me. That's bizarre to me. Even if it's even if it's benign, like it doesn't have any malice attached to it, it's bizarre. Okay, <laughs> and 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 and, <laughs> and as I said in the previous reflection, when I this other podcaster who was talking about INTJ women, and he called us because it's a new word. Oh my gosh, what is? Oh my goodness, what is it called? Hold on a second. It's solipsistic. Solipsistic. Anyway, and I, 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 yes. So he called INTJ women solipsistic and entitled. And I didn't know what solipsistic meant. I'm hoping I'm saying it right. And basically, it's this extreme sense of self, um, self, uh, pre, extreme preoccupation with the self. So, if you take this to the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram social self-preservation. The social part of me is aware of how the social world um, functions, how people behave socially. So, yes, I have that as a wiring, not in addition to my training. And then the self-preservation part of me is going to be aware of my surroundings. And so, I am going to pick up patterns, right? So, you know, I just think <laughs> the training the social the internal wiring as an intj ain't um and then this thing that happened with the previous tenant i mean these are reasonable experiences that would generate this kind of reflection even though there's a part of me that's like the rational part of me is like come on now right just come on so um so what i'm going to do now is so oh that's why let me say this i'm jumping around a little bit I feel like that's, I don't know if they're, so my theory is, why well, I don't know why they're doing it. Like, so if there is something going on, if this is a pattern, what's causing the pattern? Are they upset about me not letting them use the garage? That seems, because he, because he was, in a couple of people were like, let, you know, you said, once you told him no, he's going to retaliate. So I was looking, waiting for some retaliation. Um, but that talk, the, so I understand kind of like doing a lot. Oh yeah. Another thing I forgot to tell you, they're throwing things on the ground. So it used to be every once in a while, maybe once or twice a week, there would be something that would fall on the ground. This is, they got things falling on a on the floor, their floor, my ceiling eight times during the day. It, it's just a, they're stomping and things are jumping. Um, they're, 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 they're pacing. It's their strides are more forceful, right? And they are, um, like I said, things are just being 
they are falling. I'm not gonna say they're being thrown on the ground, right? Things are falling on the ground. That's that's that feels aggress that feels like aggression to me. But it's not the overt aggression from my previous neighbor when he was like verbally cussing me out and slashing my tad tires, right? This is different. This is different. And this is the article that I want to read to you. Uh, I'm going to go in the house and read that article. Well, nope, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to read it while I'm in the car. I'm just going to sweat it out. And then I'm going to take myself in. Um, I'm not going to read the entire article. But parts of it, okay? And so, um, the article, I tweeted it, by the way, I tweeted several articles that I read this morning as I was thinking through this reflection. So I must have, I think I tweeted out three articles at your NI Dom, nope, your NI Dom one under Twitter. So check those articles out. Go to my Twitter account if you're interested. This one article, there are two of them that were really, really good. Um, I don't put any commentary on the tweets just because I'm doing the commentary in the podcast. But the one I'm looking at now is called How to Deal with Someone Who is Passive Aggressive. And it's on the website called Very Well Mind, okay? So I'm going to not read all of it, but some sections. Starting off reading, interacting with someone who has passive-aggressive behaviors, also sometimes referred to as passive-aggressive bully, can be complicated. Oftentimes their actions are a way of coping with anger that they don't feel comfortable openly expressing. So the lady in the back said that they, they cussed, she said he's cussed her out. Um, I've never witnessed them do, they've not done that to me. So, so that would be an, a sign of overt aggression. So they're not doing that to me. I mean, he did when I told him not to go in my house again, when I, when I, when I, um, when I held him accountable and I, I called him out for going in my house. He did do an overt act of aggression because he had a lighter in his hand and he took it and he threw it on the ground in front of me. And then um, maybe about 10 minutes later, I was sitting in a chair and he leaned over me and put um, uh, each of his arms on the side of me and he was towering over me. He's already a man over six feet tall. So that, that, that was kind of aggressive, right? So you guys understand what you see, you see the situation here. So, um, okay. So, but other than that, he's not been overtly aggressive. Um, you guys, if you hear the air, it sounds different because I got the air on him. I'm, I didn't even, um, it hasn't been on the whole time, but just bear with me. Let me turn it off. Okay. Um, the person may give you the silent treatment, for instance. You may have no idea why this is happening, especially if the person denied that they were even mad. So I've experienced that before, but not from these people. Um, people who behave in a passive-aggressive way can also be sarcastic, even when sarcasm is inappropriate. When confronted with their mean behavior, they often pass it off as a joke, accusing the recipient of being too sensitive. I've experienced that from other people, but not here. And oftentimes when, when um, a passive aggression, passive aggression comes through by way of a joke, I'll simply go, what's the funny? What's, what part of that is funny? So I will say that um, as a way to give visibility, um, indirect, indirect visibility that that behavior was aggress- aggressive. 
Um, denying the truth. I'm back to reading. People who are passive aggressive often deny that they are hurt, angry, or offended. They are also rarely they also rarely say what they are really thinking, which can be confusing for people on the receiving end of their behaviors, particularly when they lash out in subtle and puzzling ways. When someone who is passive aggressive is confronted about acting mean, for instance, they may deny that they were cruel even though their actions say something completely different and that's one of the reasons and sometimes one theory of the case is like maybe they want me to call them about these behaviors so they can talk it out and I won't and so um one theory that I have is because I'm not calling out these behaviors they're escalating now I know that from working with uh, with humans adults and children they will act out and it will become progressive until you say something. And then it's like this, it is a weird phenomenon, especially when I see it in adults. When you finally call them out on it, um, there's a settling effect. Um, and that's something I learned when I first got into management. All right. So that could be happening that I'm not giving them that settling feeling by, you know, addressing it. In some cases, the person who's passive-aggressive may not even realize that they are angry or feeling resentful because their feelings have been repressed or they have poor self-awareness. And that is possible. They may not even know that they're doing it. This can lead them to complain about being misunderstood or victimized. Someone with... I'm going to turn the air back on again, you guys. Someone with passive-aggressiveness rarely takes responsibility for their actions. If they don't blame you for what happened, they will blame their teacher, boss, or family member, friend, or even the weather. Um, okay, I'm going to skip down to what's relevant here. Mixed messages. Another common passive-aggressive behavior is that when the person is asked to do something... Nope, nope, nope. That doesn't relate to this situation. It relates to my ex, though. We're going to skip that. <laughs> um, suppressing anger. People who are passive-aggressive rarely show anger. Instead, instead, they stuff it down inside. They may, they may even appear happy and accommodating on the outside, but will act out act on their pent-up anger, taking it out on others in a behind-the-scenes way. By taking this approach, they are able to let out some of their hostility without ever having to admit that they are upset. So that happiness, that friendliness, that could be presentation a cover-up for something else. I'm not saying it is, but we're just th- tossing out a couple of theories, right? Um, um, hold on a second. So these two sections, I could, um, victim mentality and poor boundaries could be a little bit of a stretch, but I want to toss them out all the same. And one of the reasons why um, this the one section says what causes this passive-aggressive behavior is victim mentality. One thing that I, th- I think about is the guy, the other guy, like, and if you look at what happened with January 6th, right? Like, so I don't even care where you fall politically because like, because the people who did it, admitted to trying to take over like um so one of the articles that i posted this morning i think was about you know just the feeling of loss right the feeling of loss feeling of victimhood and um if that there's a growth there's a demographic in our country that feels like it's losing its power that they feel like they're losing their power and other people are becoming more powerful, right? 
and statistically it's not true but optically like on the optics so even with this whole roe v wade and i haven't talked about it but some of the articles that i've read have connected the whole abortion um anti-abortion movement as about um numerical supremacy um numerical dominance right so if a group feels like they're losing their numerical dominance like they're not they're losing their role as the numeric numeric majority rather then one way to curb that is by not allowing for abortions because there's one particular group that has that's on record as having the most abortions right i'm trying not to get into this politically however (laughs) that is something so there and so there's a um a book that I, I don't know if I tweeted this out this morning, but there's a book that talks about rage and that there have been five movements in our country. I'm talking about in the United States, five movements that have advanced African-Americans or kind of advanced their citizenship. And after these movements, then you see a reaction to that to almost negate or cancel out those movements. And when you look at that as a pattern and you connect that to rage and then you connect that to this idea of victim mentality and you think about i mean all of it in my mind is at least intriguing okay and then this idea of poor boundaries the reason why i think that's significant here is that if you oh and the other thing that i didn't say is that he keeps his wife in the house all the time she doesn't leave out like she will come out and walk the dogs and sometimes he doesn't even let her walk the dogs now maybe maybe my aunt says that she knew another couple like that where the woman wanted that kind of treatment so maybe he's not keeping her in the house maybe she's staying in the house on her own but knowing he's got this alpha personality and even how he puts her down he put her down a couple of times i can't imagine anybody being sane living in a house and you never leave she never leaves he might take her out for two hours on a Sunday but she never leaves the house she used to sit on the porch like when I would sit out there she would come down and sit on the porch with me I don't think he wants her to do that and I'm okay with that (laughs) so anyway so that's another odd that's another odd not just occurrence but but a pattern and so I'm there's a theory that I have like possibly you know he wants to be the man of this whole property and and he wants to do what he wants to do and he, he don't have other there are not there are no other men for him to contend with so he feel like because there's a woman who lives behind him there's a woman who lives underneath him that he should be able to control this space and when i had that we had that situation where he went in my house my friend was over with her husband and even watching how he belittled my friend's husband it was just you have to go check out that episode because there is there's a psychology here. I just, I get really nervous when I give people a pathology. So there's a definite psychology here. But I'm wondering if there's a pathology, and I'm very nervous about saying that. So anyway, I just don't feel that's fair. Um, um, I think that's, that's all I needed to... Hold on. I'm not going to read this section to you about boundaries, so go check it out. But it's really interesting that people who have a hard time, who don't want to respect boundaries, gravitate to people who are pleasing, who don't 
um, who tolerate their boundaries being violated. And passive-aggressive behaviors, uh, passive-aggressiveness could be the result. Am I saying this right? So, I don't know. I was, I was going to say something and, and misrepresent the article. So, anyway. So, that's that's all I, I have to um, say. That's a pattern. Um, it's connected to passive aggression, beha- passive aggressive behavior. If I mean, in some ways, this particular reflection is a documentation of all of that. I needed to get it recorded, just just for the sake um, of just the details of it. Um, but I have started recording. You know, like they um, this morning at um, ten o'clock in the morning, they started. Um, doing the vacuum cleaner in the room like where I'm at so usually she'll run the vacuum cleaner in the room that I'm in um and and even my assistant who comes over to help me she's she's like, how many times are gonna vacuum in a week and I'm like no no so this morning was the first time that they've ever vacuumed at 10 in the morning but that's okay right maybe that's just maybe that's just incidental and maybe I'm just being paranoid right (laughs) so anyway um and that's fine um but if this reflection has had any value for you give it a heart if this conversation about patterns passive aggression and even paranoia (laughs) if it is um related to a conversation that you've had in the world please take this link and share it out if my moving about in this reflection has caused some randomness in you please share this with those participants nope, nope, nope. please find a way to share that randomness with me you can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com on twitter yournidom1 facebook and youtube yournidom let me give you an assignment i guess the question i have for you is how do you how 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 do you recognize patterns how sensitive to patterns are you are you sensitive to patterns when you do recognize a pattern do you create a theory of the case like do you what meaning do you put to those patterns or do you dismiss it? And at what level um, would you, at what point would you, at what would call, what, I kind of want to say at what point would that pattern cause a concern, but we'll leave it at, we'll, I won't give you that third question. The, the two questions are, how sensitive to you are, uh, how sensitive are you to patterns? And the second thing is, what is your meaning-making process like for um, establishing the reasons for those patterns? Um, what is? How do you do a theory of the case? Oh, you guys, it has been. I'm done. Um, I have one more episode to do, and then we are going to call it quits for this season. So I'll be back a little later today to give you this last episode for season four. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye. <laughs>